It's Friday, April 19th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're talking about what's happening on the border between Northern Ireland and Ireland, where a journalist was killed in the middle of riots. We'll get into how this is connected to Brexit and why the U.S. has a stake in it. Then, tomorrow is 420, and the cannabis industry is seeing record highs. Pun intended. And finally, it's a major holiday weekend for Christians and Jews. We'll tell you how one woman is bringing people together. We're here to make your Friday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Dunkin'. They have a new line of signature lattes. Blueberry Crisp, Caramel Craze, and Coca Mocha. Sound too good to be true? Sipping is believing. And so is listening. Let's do this. The most complicated story today is about Northern Ireland. Last night, there was a riot in a town called Londonderry or Derry, like that Netflix show Derry Girls. It's right on the Irish border. It started when police went to a house there to search for weapons. They were concerned that extremists who want Northern Ireland to leave the UK were planning violent acts this Easter weekend. There's a history of that kind of thing there. When the police arrived, people started rioting. They threw bricks and fireworks at police cars, even hijacked a couple of other cars. And in the course of that rioting, a masked gunman shot a young journalist who was on the scene. Her name was Lyra McKee. Police drove her to the hospital where she died of her injuries. She was 29 years old. Irish police are calling McKee's death an act of terrorism. They say they're investigating. And the incident last night is highlighting concerns in the UK and the rest of the world about the potential for increased tensions in Northern Ireland because of Brexit. In fact, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, was in Ireland to talk about that. On Wednesday, she spoke to the Republic of Ireland legislature. We must ensure that nothing happens in the Brexit discussions that imperils the Good Friday Accord, including but not limited to the seamless border between the Irish Republic and Northern Ireland. We're going to get into what happened last night, how this is connected to Brexit, and what it has to do with the U.S. The journalist who was killed last night, Lyra McKee, was a total badass. A few years ago, Forbes named her one of their 30 under 30 for her investigative journalism. One of the big things she wrote about was the era she grew up in, the Troubles. In 1920, the U.K. split Ireland into two. Northern Ireland became part of the U.K., and the Republic of Ireland became its own thing, and later part of the EU. Things were fine for a while, but then, in the 50s and 60s, tension grew between Catholics in Northern Ireland who wanted out of the UK and Protestants who wanted to stay. Paramilitary groups like the Irish Republican Army, the IRA, started committing acts of violence against British police. Over the course of the next three decades, 3,600 people died. This is what they call the Troubles. And a lot of the violence took place at the border between the two Irelands, where the UK police had set up fences and checkpoints. But in 1998, on Good Friday, which Christians are celebrating today, the two sides signed a peace deal in Belfast, the capital of Northern Ireland. It's called the Belfast or Good Friday Agreement. This was UK Prime Minister Tony Blair the day it was signed. Those who believe in a united Ireland can make that case now by persuasion, not violence or threats. The U.S. helped broker that agreement. 
President Bill Clinton was lobbied by prominent Irish Americans who wanted the U.S. to help stop the Troubles, and he visited there a bunch of times. Technically, the Good Friday Agreement was a truce, but because of splinter groups from the IRA, the violence hasn't totally gone away. And police say one of those splinter groups is likely responsible for Lyra McKee's death last night. This is the Assistant Chief Constable of Northern Ireland this morning. Our assessment at this time would be that the new IRA are most likely to be the ones behind us, and that forms our primary line of inquiry. Another big part of the Good Friday Agreement was to make sure checkpoints and fences along the Irish border were taken down. And that lasted. The borders have been free and clear since then. Now, there's a lot of concern in the region that the borders could come back when Brexit happens, and that that could mean more violence. We haven't talked about it for a while, so maybe you thought Brexit was over. It's not over. UK Prime Minister Theresa May did get an extension on her goal of getting the EU and the UK to agree to an exit strategy. But there's still been no decision reached on what to do with the Irish border. Because, like we said, the Republic of Ireland is part of the EU. One of the reasons people in the UK are so excited to leave the EU is because they want the UK to have its own trade deal with the US. President Trump is in favor of that, too. But Congress also has to sign off on it. During her trip, Pelosi said she won't do that unless the Irish border stays open. If the Brexit deal undermines the Good Friday Accords, there would be no chance of a U.S.-U.K. trade agreement. So what's the skim? On a global level, the violence last night comes just ahead of Easter which has a lot of historic and symbolic connotations for the people of Ireland. Irish people fought British rule in 1916 in what is known as the Easter Rising. In the meantime, UK and world leaders have been trying to not exacerbate those tensions by pulling out of the EU without a plan for the Irish border. But so far, they haven't figured out a way to do that. And people in Ireland and across the world are commemorating Lyra McKee, She was the first working journalist to be killed in the UK since 2001. Her second book was due to be published next year, and it was about the Troubles. For some in the US, there's another major holiday coming up this weekend, and it's high time. That story's next. There's nothing worse than the afternoon slump except an afternoon slump without the pick-me-up. Insert Dunkin's new handcrafted signature lattes. They come in flavors like blueberry crisp, caramel craze, and coca mocha. Warning, they may make you take more coffee breaks than your calendar would like. Sipping is believing with Dunkin's new handcrafted signature lattes. America runs on Dunkin. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. For some people, tomorrow is a big holiday, April 20th, 420, the unofficial International Weed Day. What started off as a counterculture celebration is now more than mainstream. Medical marijuana is legal in 33 states and D.C. In 10 of those states in D.C., recreational marijuana is also legal. And a lot more states are considering it. According to a new CBS poll, 65% of Americans are in favor of legalization. That's a record high. And there's a lot of cash in cannabis. In 2018, the legal cannabis industry was worth $10.4 billion. Supporters of marijuana legalization say it's a relatively safe drug that could bring in a lot of tax dollars too. It's already doing it at the state level. 
But because cannabis is still illegal under federal law, the federal government can't charge taxes, and national banks can't even do business with cannabis companies. Some members of Congress are looking to change that. Supporters also say legalization would reduce the number of people in jail for marijuana. More than half a million people are arrested for possessing pot every year. And black people are almost four times more likely to be arrested for possession, even though they use at about the same rate. Here's Governor of Wisconsin Tony Evers advocating for legalizing medical marijuana in his state. I believe, and I know the people of Wisconsin overwhelmingly believe, that people shouldn't be treated like criminals for accessing medicine that can change or maybe even save their lives. This is also kind of the mantra of a lot of 2020 presidential candidates. Senators Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, and Cory Booker have all proposed legislation to decriminalize marijuana. President Trump has been back and forth, but since last year, it's looking like he might be on board with legalization, too. This all sounds like everyone is pro-weed. They're not. There are a lot of concerns. Long-term effects of marijuana use haven't been researched because it's still an illegal substance. And opponents are concerned that legalization would make the drug too accessible and would encourage more use and misuse before any of that is known. Critics are also worried that cannabis companies might follow the lead of alcohol and tobacco companies and start targeting people with addiction issues to make more money. Passover begins tonight, when Jews celebrate their escape from Egypt with a special family meal called the Seder. And one woman is using the Seder to help bridge cultural divides. Her name is Marnie Feinberg. Her mother-in-law was one of the 11 people killed in the attack on a Pittsburgh synagogue last fall. It was an anti-Semitic hate crime. And according to FBI data, these kinds of hate crimes against the Jewish community have been on the rise for the past three years. Feinberg was devastated by the loss, and she wanted to do something to combat anti-Semitism. She founded an organization called Two for Seder. The idea is for Jewish families to invite at least two non-Jewish guests to their Passover Seder to share a meal and learn from each other. And it's been a success. According to the website, there are now almost 900 participating Seders. Before we go today, we've got a no-fun fact from Germany. It turns out that in the majority of German states, dancing is outlawed on Good Friday. It's called Tanzverbot, and it dates back to the Middle Ages. In the state of Hesse, anyone trying to put on a public dance party can be fined up to 1,000 euros. And in Bavaria, just playing music in a bar could get you slapped with a 10,000 euro fine. There have been a lot of protests over this ban. But a poll back in 2017 showed that more than half of the Germans surveyed were still okay with it. In the club capital of Berlin, you do get a little leeway. The ban there is only from 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Good Friday, which is before a lot of clubs in Berlin are even open. And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for listening this week, and don't forget to hit subscribe. We'd also love it if you could rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of news happens over the weekend, so if you want to catch up first thing on Monday, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can sign up at theskim.com. 